0: The following is a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one silver and the website
1: guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And today we're going to talk about uh the battle for the next currency system. that's right the great reset We'll also talk about Russia and their their continu- their growth in their gold reserves and of course the moves that they're making on a global stage. Maybe we'll get into some housing and some of uh the frequently asked questions that we get here at Guildhall but first, gold so far in the last six months is up ten percent. We're currently trading at nineteen forty an ounce that's u s spot price. an ounce. Silver currently trading at $24.67 per ounce, and it is up just shy of 9% over the last six months. Jerry, what do you make of the current price action in the market? Uh, You know, I would think many people would be a little bit surprised that it's not continuing to move higher, although gold is trading above $1,900 an ounce comfortably at this point.
2: Yeah, well the short-term technical outlook right now, it's its really trading in a very tight range over the past few weeks since March 14th, Jeremy. The gold price has been trading sideways and we're creating a, a wedge and it looks as though um, we have a, built a support of 19, 1915 U.S. per spot. Um, probably downside about 1890 1880 as I mentioned before but a lot of algorithm trading we saw a little bit of a you know bump a bumpy ride over the last week with the uh, the. US 10-year treasury yield yielding over 2.5 2.6 percent which is a very dangerous level to be at um, that is just an algorithm to suggest that people want to yield chase the yield which would mean let's sell gold but that's not the case gold is being bought up like never before. So we're seeing this um, this this short term range condition right now. They're pretty much as tight as they can get. And according to DailyFX, a foreign exchange uh, website and blog, they're seeing they're saying for now continuing to give the benefit of the doubt to support uh, and the broader uptrend for gold. It looks like it's only a matter of time, measured in a few days at most, that we can see gold on the move again. So this could be the area where you want to consider. Utilizing some of your loonies, getting into gold right now and converting out of paper into gold.
1: So there's some there's some noise, right? Some fluctuations, some noise in the market, and um, you know gold has moved up, silver has moved up, but we're not breaking new new highs. Although although purchasing demand for the market seems to be uh, very strong right now, I, I would say March. 2022 was one of the busiest mar- months Guildhall has ever had, in terms of the amount of people trying to get into the market, and of course that was on the back of government overreach and the onset of double-digit inflation. So mm-hmm. you can't blame anybody, and I, I do find that <clears throat> a lot of conversations we have, you know, will will sway between you know geopolitical issues and um, different things that are going on, but the the main concern that seems to always come back to being number 1 on the table is inflation at you know if government states it at 7 but it's you know if you go for groceries or or fill up a car you're you're probably looking at a 15% uh, inflation but in terms of this movement that we're seeing right now let's just stick with gold for a second mm-hmm. we know that that Russia has has pegged pegged gold to the ruble at I guess 5000 rubles a gram. And which sets a floor on the price. By putting gold onto the ruble by pegging it that they instantly put support back into the ruble
2: immediately yeah. which
1: was which was you know kind of a masterful chess move to pull out with all of the barrage that that the world powers were putting against Russia that they just said okay ding there's my move. you go next. now, what kind of floor do you think that that actually puts on gold? And what I mean by that is if if the price of paper price of gold were to be pushed down to let's say eighteen hundred dollars an ounce and it's being pegged at at uh, five thousand a ruble, which is basically like nineteen forty an ounce today in u s dollars, then you'd end up with an arbitrage. People would say, well I'll sell my gold I'll sell my paper. Um, or I'll take de- – sorry, rather, I'll take delivery of the physical gold that you're selling to me at $1,800, and I'll go sell it to the Russians at 1940 mm-hmm. Is that, Is that something that's actually likely to happen if the price went down? Would the pressure on the comics and the paper exchanges be that people would say, why would I continue to have this product at this price when I can go – Uh, Around the world and get it at a better price. Mm
2: -hmm. No, that's not happening right now with with Russia. We have to be very. um, We have to understand what they really did. The ruble was a. As the ruble was appreciating against the dollar, the floor the floor price that they set was five thousand rubles per gram of gold, and that was looking more like the current spot price. Um, But when the when the ruble gold floor was announced, the equivalent cost per ounce was fifteen oh nine. Since then. It's now now about 1880 per ounce because the ruble appreciated. Okay. Right. So now it's about 1870, just below where we are today, about 50 dollars below where we are right now. But it's very important to recognize that this is a floor only. It's not a full-fledged gold standard, and as the Russian Russian Central Bank has declared that this is only buying gold at this rate. Gold is only being bought at that rate in Russia. They're not selling gold at that rate. What they have done is they, they raised a premium to offer... Uh, so it's basically a vacuum, Jeremy. They are vacuuming all the gold that they can get. They're buying at 18 So you'd have to be a
1: seller, number one. You'd have to want to be selling gold today at this price in this environment mm-hmm. when there aren't really any sellers of, of gold.
2: So Exactly. So they're only buying nationally. That gold at that price and any international uh, sellers they actually get the spot price as i mentioned last week plus almost eight percent premium so it actually looks very attractive to take advantage of the russian buying uh, the, the russian bid price so they ha- they're going to be doing this activity uh, from now until june and then at which point they're going to determine based on supply and demand they will announce a, a revaluation of the gold price which is going to put Tremendous pressure on everything. It's going to put tremendous pressure on the LBMA, the COMEX. What, the, why would it put pressure on them? Because of the short squeeze. Because of the amount of short derivatives that are against uh, the long, the long gold price. As the U, as the Russians now are buying gold at a pace that they've never seen. Is it exactly the silver <clears> squeeze? <throat> now it's a gold squeeze on the gold derivatives market. So as they pro- continually to remove the gold out of the system, the gold the the gold derivatives, the futures prices, the spot prices perhaps can can feel the shockwave.
1: The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. To what extent then could the the banks that are controlling the paper side of the market, right, or working in the paper side of the market, that is most likely controlling the price of, of the metal? Remember, price is what you pay and value is gonna be what you get. I, I truly believe that at some point. You know the dollar will continue to become worth less, and gold will continue to become priceless, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be how many ounces of gold to buy a house? How many ounces of gold to buy um, shares in the Dow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to just continue to to grow. The purchasing power is going to continue to grow. But until that snap happens, do you think that the that the the banks and the controllers of the paper market who are short in the in this market are now being forced by Russia to get onto the right side of the trade here? Hmm. Do you think they're, they're they've got to be sitting there saying well we're short this market but there's a limit now to what how, how short we can go mm-hmm. I mean- or, or are they gonna or do you think that they can just kind of do the work their magic independently and say no, we've got a captured audience here at the comics mm-hmm. so we can do whatever we want in the comics of course for how long until people just decide to leave
2: yeah exactly well you you only have value if you're underlying if you underlie what you're pricing by the physical the comics has no physical to back itself up the physical has been leaving uh, you know certain ETFs the amount of gold and silver deliveries that have been coming out of the ETFs have been just enormous the amount of gold being removed out of the system has been enormous so this just exacerbates the issue that the comics has, um, the LBMA system have. They have to back themselves up physically; otherwise, they have to capitulate, maybe join that system, or go by the way of MF Global. You know, we remember when MF Global was selling un- unallocated gold to customers, uh, and then they were on the wrong side of a Euro trade, and next thing you know, um, they couldn't deliver any gold to the customers. So, so the idea here is you don't want to mess in the paper market.
1: You don't want to know that you don't have any, that you may or may not have any physical product. You want to make sure that you definitely have physical product because you don't know to what extent these comics crooks are what they're capable of at this point in terms of what is this whole thing going to default, like MF Global. It's hard to tell how it's going to play out in many respects. But what we do know is for years we've talked about the end game of precious metals of when the price will just be set free and you know the value the the price discovery mechanism will be set by the physical market and that's happening mm-hmm. that's starting to happen it's happening in in china it's happening now in russia so it's going to continue to happen but it does feel it does feel that we're really end game now yeah. D- yeah. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. I'm looking at a um you know you're talking about physical holdings earlier Jerry. I'm looking at the Russian Central Bank gold reserves going back in 2008. It looks like they had about less than 600 tons of gold. Today they're sitting at over 2000 tons of gold. So I guess the question is, is what did you think that they were buying this gold for? <laughs> The number, one silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're going to stick on the topic of the Great Reset, talk about some digital currencies, Where what go- role gold could play in all of this. At Guildhall Wealth, we only deal in physical. If you can't hold it, you don't own it, and that includes buying it direct, holding it in a vault, um, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated, or even holding it in a registered account like an RSP or a TFSA, and again, fully allocated, fully segregated. Inventory report provided. Feel free to give us a call. We'll show you how it all works. The number 866 274 9570 And this is Guildhall Wealth, the Real Money Show on AM six forty. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Real Money Show the number 18778
1: silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Caraya. Jerry, we've had uh, you know we mentioned earlier that March was an absolutely crazy month at Guildhall. February does not look much different. And one of the big things that people are really concerned about is there's government overreach. I think that faith in governments um especially in North America, are at probably all-time lows. I was listening to something over the weekend that was talking about in the 50s, trust in government was in the 70s percent. Today, it's 20 percent, which just goes to show that the trust in the system and in governments that have just gotten bigger and bigger and expensed us more and more um, reveals itself and results in a lack of faith Mm -hmm. and now there's a a strong lack of faith and i think at the same time the everything bubble appears to be bursting um how much higher can can the stock market go is it supposed to double from here um another example speaking to a a client about that and it's one of these things like when do you know when something's topped if there's no crash Mm -hmm. right that's right just like just like in our in our market for gold and silver, how do you know when something's really bottomed? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to see a new high. That's right. Then you can say, I think we we're it's safe to this say this a good that, buying opportunity. Yeah, right. You know, I know in gold, I think gold hit what eleven fifty a few years back. That was like the low, I guess, two thousand eighteen seventeen. And uh you don't know until you kind of go, yeah, we're up $100. Yep, we're up. Oh, we've retested a new bottom at 1300 And then you kind of go, yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen it. So it's kind of curious in, in that sense. It's hard to know where things are at in the stock market and in the economy, obviously, if, if prices are up across the board. How are people's margins companies margins supposed to improve on that Mm -hmm. uh people are going to be buying less so i would just assume that there is a slowdown that there is demand destruction at some point so that's got to mean the stock market can't just keep going up now i know that it's it's obviously completely um now independent of the of the real economy perhaps but uh, that certainly seems to be the case so Needless to say, that option might not be there. Not to say that there isn't places to make money. We're not advisors, you know. Certainly, there's pivoting, as they as they like to say in the mainstream uh, financial news media. You pivot to something else. Okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's true. Um, but raising interest rates can't be necessarily good for real estate either. And with inflation at fifteen percent, just leaving money in the bank isn't going to help. And if you're if your game is to then chase yield you got to really be good at what you're doing to chase 15% yield. Now, that makes it easy for precious metals because they've got an incredible track record of beating inflation. Gold and silver got out ahead of this current inflation that we're seeing. You know, silver went up 40 35% over a 2-year period leading into last year, mm-hmm. and we've made up all of the losses that we took from last year. Remember, why did we go down because well, inflation was transitory. Mm-hmm. It was not going to last forever, and of course they have had to they've had to tip, circle back on that one tiptoe back on that tiptoe yeah, walk back, run back on that <laughs> now they're looking to to raise the rates. so holding stuff is what it's going to be all about. There's an unlimited amount of paper, an unlimited amount of ones and zeros and digital and it's it's unlimited. what you can have. That doesn't exist, but there is a limited amount of things that exist. But we can't just have only precious metals in a portfolio, right? So what are some other alternative assets that we could be looking at?
2: Well, obviously, we have client investors that come to us who are into classic cars, maybe some um, art, uh, watches, whiskey perhaps. Um, but for us at Guildhall, we've been doing this since you know going almost 20 years now. Natural fancy color diamonds is another option for people to consider. It's, it's a, it does have a proven track record, a good history of of doing what precious metals have done, and that is being negatively correlated, an asset class to the U.S. dollars and to U.S. dollar and floating currencies and the stock market. This is one way to protect your wealth um, from encroachment from you know from a government who may want to corner you this is a great asset class because it it not only is a very rare one but you can it's it's concentrated wealth it is, it's something that you can literally hold in the palm of your hand have a few tens of thousands of dollars in your hand and and you know out of dodge you go you know you, if you have to head out this is one way to do it in a rare natural fancy color diamonds and the thing about Guildhall, we take the guesswork out jeremy we take the guesswork out of what you should be going for how rare is rare and you know You do an amazing job of breaking that down.
1: You know, when we first started, the the question of how rare is rare was actually difficult to to get forth across to people. Um, But then the Fancy Color Research Foundation came out probably about six years ago now. And they've been able to get exhaustive research, indexing diamonds, looking at all the dealers and saying, so how many of these come to go through the GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, to see – how many of these yellow diamonds are coming through and being graded every year like what new ones are coming to market and then they had all the other dealers open their books to say well here's what i've sold over the years and so they could start to say oh okay so um you know a one carat vid yellow internally flawless so this is basically a perfect yellow one carat diamond of the strongest color there's a 50 a year Mm -hmm. for the world Mm -hmm. right that's that's five hundred for a decade. That that is a very rare diamond, and that doesn't tell you if that diamond is deep, if it's shallow, if it's well cut. It just says that it's internally flawless and it's a vivid, and it's one carat. So you know it's kind of like dating a little bit. Could be good on paper, but maybe there's no 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 real chemistry once you once you're really looking at the diamond. But one of the great things about the natural fancy color diamonds is the lack of volatility. You just don't have to worry about the volatility. Mm-hmm now if someone was looking at an alternative asset class like a natural fancy colored diamond is it should they be thinking short
2: medium or long term this is generational generational wealth and the idea of holding something to pass on to the next generation um it it, it definitely goes against the, the 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 mindset of the of many millennials today not thinking too far off, but with inflation and and the fact that your wages are being eaten away and your your expenses are going up, people are being programmed now, reprogrammed to think more long term. How can I? What would it look? What will things look like five, ten years from now? So we're being reprogrammed because of all of this, all of the distrust, um, being lied to about CPI data and things like that. But this is a generational wealth asset class, one that you can pass on easily. So. You know, we do recommend holding these diamonds for 10, 20, 30 years and and then reassess. Yes, we can find a new buyer for that for that hold. If you have a holding in, in diamonds, we will reassess the market and we can find a buyer for that diamond. But unlike white diamonds, there is a no there's no list price that <clears throat> determines the value of a pink, for example. Each pink diamond is uniquely different and cannot be commoditized. As with rare art, set rules don't apply. So understanding that this market is just like uh, a real estate market or art market, it has to be categorized in the same way.
1: Yeah, you can't, you wouldn't buy a, I mean, equally in the gold market, you know, you don't buy gold thinking, well, I'll turn around and I'll sell it in a month. Right, it is kind of like real estate. You don't buy real estate and think that you're gonna you're gonna day trade it. You don't day trade your house. No, right? You wouldn't turn around and sell it in in three four months. You have to wait till you've covered the cost of doing business, and it's got to make sense. Now, with a, with real estate, you can improve it. You can put new money in and improve it <clears throat> with precious metals and and stocks. For instance, the price doesn't change no matter how much you you spend. But that is different in the natural fancy color diamond market because the more you're looking to put into a, a diamond, the larger the budget, the more rarity you can get and that increases the value of it. so it's very different from a stock. You could put hundred thousand dollars into one stock. it's all still the same price. but if I'm comp- versus someone who's putting in twenty thousand, but with a diamond, a hundred thousand gets you something that much more rare. Mm-hmm so now of course that makes it a more of a longer term investment as the fancy color research foundation says these diamonds become investments over time meaning the longer you hold them the more you realize it was an investment Mm -hmm. it's kind of like when someone bought a house in toronto in the 50s they didn't buy it as an investment they didn't think the way people think today correct they didn't think oh in 30 years time it's going to be uh, a a three million dollar property that I've purchased for thirty five thousand dollars. They don't think no. that they didn't think that way. It was here's my here's my house. I want to live with my family. I'm gonna pay the mortgage. Then 30, 40 years goes by and they say, Wow, look at what's look at what this has done for me. And the natural fancy color diamond is that way as well because they really are incredibly rare. They're saying, according to the Fancy Color Research Foundation, that in the next sixty years there will not be any more mines. Mm-hmm. There will no no longer be any new product coming out of the ground, and of course, with the colored diamond, it's one tenth of one percent are colored mm-hmm. diamonds, and that doesn't mean that they're investment grade. What does it mean to, to for for the audience? What does it mean to buy an investment grade?
2: Well, the investment grade we consider a what a Guildhall diamond is is an investment grade stone. So when we look at diamonds, we look at the four seeds. For Cs and in this market you're really truly investing in the color. So first and foremost, it's about color. What are the grades of color? We start at fancy, up to intense in saturation, up to vivid. The higher you go, the more rare the diamond is in color. Then you get the, so you try to aim as high as you can get on that upper echelon of color. And that the same goes, the same strategy is, would apply for each of the C's. So cut, clarity, carat weight, we aim for the highest possible without compromising on its size. The size does matter in this in this market. You want to get up to at least if it's a pink diamond over a quarter carat, close to that. And if it's a yellow diamond, it must be over a carat, one carat and it must be internally flawless. So hitting these categories will ensure your experience will ensure our experience because Guildhall, we own these diamonds. You, the family, has gone out and procured these diamonds. You know, getting licensed, getting certified, we know what we're looking for. And if it doesn't hit our criteria, we're not going to acquire that diamond. Now, here's
1: a here's a quote from uh, the Fancy Color Research Foundation. Um, one of the articles that they have it said, "In the last few decades, the category of rare fancy color diamonds has consistently increased in price. The natural color diamond segment is considered to be the least volatile among traditional and alternative asset classes. For example, blue fancy color diamonds have appreciated 241% since 2005." And pink fancy colored diamonds have increased by 366% in that same time period. Incidentally, both categories experienced no significant decreases through that period. And I think that's probably the the, the stronger point here is it's not so much about the gains, although there there are gains in these markets. And we can show examples of, you know, I, I remember selling someone, um, someone purchased a, a, 20, a 0.22 intense uh sorry, point three one intense pink diamond, V S quality, they paid twenty two thousand. Wow. That that diamond and that was in how long ago? I, I think that was two thousand uh, 2012-ish, I want to say, and that diamond today is fifty thousand. Congratulations, right? Amazing. So <clears throat> that's pretty amazing. And so we know that that can happen, but the more important part is that there's no volatility. You just don't have to worry about it. But it is a longer term, uh, longer term hold. That's something to consider. And hopefully, the idea is that you don't want to sell it because if you've held on to something for ten years and seen the type of gains, at that point, you don't really want to let go, mm-hmm. right? right? That should be the idea. But and to, to to finish off on this segment, I'll take a quote again from this uh, Natural Fancy Color Diamond article, which you can contact us about. Just feel free to, uh, to send us a quick email. We'll, we'll forward this to you. But they said here's a, a quote that the diamond becomes the guardian angel of portable wealth. And that's really what it is. The number, one silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640.
0: We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number, one eight seven seven eight silver
1: and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Talking about assets to protect your wealth, obviously physical assets are a great way to do that, especially if there's a rarity accompanying them. In the last segment, we talked about natural fancy colored diamonds, which are extremely rare. In fact, Jerry, I've been talking with Paul about trying to trying to track down some, some diamonds recently, and you just can't find good quality yellow diamonds. Mm-hmm. You can find lower quality, And the prices are okay. Of course, if you up it to better quality, then the prices are going to be much higher. Pink diamonds, forget it. There is nothing to be found. In fact, some of our what we would call kind of hero diamonds, um, we can now that we've held on to for over a decade, we could now actually sell back to a wholesaler at at a higher price. Mm -hmm. Now, a wholesaler, of course, is going to give you the lowest price. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, It's going to be like uh, those. What's that TV show when you go? Can I? I want to sell this to them. The pawn shop things. Yes. They're gonna be like, yeah, well, Sponsors. you know, they they really try to push push yeah. it down. But but even still, the the gains are there. So it's it's a very positive market if you if you give it the time. Mm-hmm. Now, gold and silver are also quite rare in the fact that there's a finite amount. In fact, over the course of March, I think anyone who was trying to buy physical metal um, could see how tight the market really was. At Guildhall, it was a case of. You know, we don't have the full complement of our inventory. We can't offer you four or five different types of one-ounce gold bars. We can only, you know, it's what we have at the time. You know, one week it's Royal Canadian Mint one-ounce gold bars. The next week it might be Credit Swiss one-ounce gold bars. Um, we just don't have the fullness of the inventory because product's moving so quickly. Um, do you think that's something that we're going to continue to see here? I mean, we've seen it twice in the last three years. We saw it happen when COVID first hit. We saw it happen with the silver squeeze. Do you see this continuing as far as not being able to get exactly what you want
2: in this market? You kind of have to say, what do you have? And I'll take mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been the trend over the last few years, uh, the last two years, in fact, uh, since uh, the, you know 2020 when the lockdown started to happen and they, it started to really impact uh, the, the supply side. And because, you know, we're, we're expecting some deliveries coming in and next thing you know, they turn around and say, well, it's going to be another week. So the trend is definitely pointing towards, you know, not being able to provide the, the buffet, as I used to say, of options in, in one ounce gold bars. Sure, the Canadians love the Royal Canadian Mint, we understand. But me, it doesn't it really doesn't matter. As long as the, the bullion is LBMA approved, you have global liquidity. Global acceptance, without exception, every single major country is moved on. Left the U.S. dollar trading with their with their own currencies, trading, and what they're doing, they're all strengthening. They're all strengthening their currency with commodities, whether it be oil, whether it be uh, whether it be gold. They're, it's on the back of resources. It's no longer on the back <clears throat> of a fiat. Promises.
1: Yeah, you know, if you that's that's really interesting. I think we should again, I'll use that word pivot to, to this conversation because you know, up until two thousand and eight, central banks were net sellers of gold. And then after two thousand eight, they became net buyers of gold. Now it would be my contention that in two thousand eight the, the system died they they pumped it up with with money they tried to keep it alive but it's it's been on life support since 2008 mm-hmm. and then in when covid hit it gave it gave every central bank carte blanche to just go full hog into print Disgusting mm-hmm. amounts of, of cash of currency, but they can't keep doing that. so now they have to try to raise interest rates and sop up that liquidity. And now it seems like there's this kind of drag race, if you will, for some sort of great reset. Now we know what the what the uh, WEF version of a great reset is, which is let's get everybody onto digital, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy. Um, and the other side of it, at this point in time, seems very organic and very up in the air in terms of what could happen. How do you see this right now? How would you characterize the the current movement towards a great reset? Do you think we'll have a great reset or do you think we'll there'll be something different?
2: Well, the great reset that that was, you know, titled on the Time magazine cover about, you know, Klaus Schwab's vision of the World Economic Forum's global reset. That's a one-world currency, ultimately. That's not the currency that we want. That's not the currency of freedom. That's not the currency of sovereignty and property rights. What we want is national identities. And what we're seeing right now is a birthing, a movement of furthering national usage of currencies. We have Nigeria using their own currencies. Iran Iran has been off the SWIFT system for, for years, yet they're trading. They're trading outside. So the old system, the old guard of the SWIFT system, which we're on as individuals, this is the way that Fintrack was able to expand uh, their their encroachment on your bank accounts. You know, this is this is the old system. The new system, however, it looks to be one that will involve gold, could involve crypto, it could be a national-backed digital currency underlying with gold and other currencies people today canadians are asking well what is money let's remind people what money has been for centuries it must be divisible it must be durable portable recognizable and scarce if it is not scarce if whatever you have in your pocket is paper it's not scarce there's a plethora of cash being burned right now and if you're selling your house and you're denominating your wealth In cash, it's being burnt, as you mentioned, 15% per year. You better get out of that cash. And there's no better way of rolling it into either gold silver or natural fancy color diamond to protect your purchasing power purchasing power today the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com if you want to get started in physical
1: precious metals if it's your first purchase and you want to just get your feet wet a little bit visit guildhallpreciousmetals.com it's our e-store products are constantly changing and moving but it's a great way to pick up a few 10 ounce bars maybe a tube of silver maples maybe an ounce of gold just get your feet wet feel that physical product in your hand and then I always find that the options start to open because a comfort level is reached and confidence uh, sorry comfort breeds confidence so remember it's got to be physical if you can't hold it you don't own it so you can hold physical precious metals buy it direct from guildhall store in a in a vault facility outside the banking system independent vault facility and it's fully allocated fully segregated and you can even do that in a registered account again you're in your registered account but your physical product is held in a vault outside the banking system what a unique prospect. Again, the number 18778Silver, the website GuildHallwealth.com. It's the
0: Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number
1: 18778Silver website, guildhallwealth.com. And my name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya. Jerry, listen to this headline. Uh, you know, we like uh, betterdwelling.com. They've got the, they they put out good articles and bad articles about the real estate market. They're very mm-hmm. even in terms of what they put out. Of yeah. course, what we're going to do is cherry pick the ones that are probably negative, but that's okay. Um, listen to this. Listen to this headline. Canada's housing agency abruptly halted its public real estate warning system. Um, he mentions, quote, Canadian real estate is entering one of its most precarious phases in history. Households will navigate it without the help of the National Housing Agency though. The Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation has halted its housing market assessment report. The regular report provided the public with insight on housing market imbalances. The cancellation comes after the, after last reporting Canadian real estate is highly vulnerable and the central bank be, as the central bank begins its tightening cycle. The latter is expected to cool this bubble, which creates a bit of a pickle for the former." end quote, "Very interesting that they would kind of stop providing this very integral information to the market, don't you think?
2: That would suggest that people were using this the assessments as you know as a tool or a guide that this is, um, this is forward-looking, that the mar- markets will still accelerate higher, and for them to remove that, that data piece is telling. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to reveal something that may be looking forward-looking uh, in in real estate, especially if you're going to be raising interest rates 50 basis points at a time. I mean, this is a very dangerous, but necessary step that the central banks are making, both in the U.S. and Canada. There is no <coughs> way around it because of inflation. The only way to quell it is by raising interest rates and aggressively so. The real the inflationary data has been this high for far too long and the fact that the central banks are now only raising interest rates they're way behind the curve so for sure i mean you have to do that if it's cmhc you have to you know be responsible enough to stop the fueling of of an over over hot overheated market and potential speculation i know a lot of our clients have backed away from the from the 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 real estate investment side, obviously you and I both own homes. Uh, we do care about the real estate market. We want the health of the real estate market, but we know there was a lot of of uh, fueling it, a lot of pumping that was happening. Every realtor that I know, you know, especially some of the ones that are now, you know, in in gold, they've stopped doing it. They've stopped saying, you know, you know, this market is is overheated. Let's let's consider gold. I have three real estate agents as clients who have advised their their clients who are looking to potentially purchase more investment homes to hey park it park some in gold and wait it out and let's see where this goes. And I thought that was a very prudent move. Unfortunately, a lot of realtors don't do that. I just saw of that type of advice.
1: I, I find it just interesting that you just pull the pull the report. They don't even mention it. To, they didn't even say, "Hey, well, this is going to be our last report." They just pulled it. That's it. You're not going to get any more information about this. Um, I always think about this thing on that on that point, Jerry. I remember being at this um, art exhibit and they were showing the Golden Gate Bridge, and apparently, you know, it, it, not to be morose, but that that's people commit mm-hmm. suicide off that bridge, yeah. and and the stats were getting too much, so they just stopped giving the stats.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Right. So it's like. This is if a tree falls in the forest and you're not watching it, did it happen? Mm-hmm. And so now we're all left to our own devices, um, and maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is time to, hey, use your noggin. Yeah. You don't have any guidance. You have to look around for yourself and decide for yourself what you see. Maybe we're too dependent on these type of reports, good or bad, Sure. to, to make our own decisions. Um, but certainly, it does seem convenient that they would stop this report just as it was started, as the real estate market was starting to look quite vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Which it, it does seem also irresponsible because you should give people a warning sign. Agreed. You know, if you had the if your car didn't have the overheating s- signal to tell you, hey, you better stop driving your car, get some coolant into it. You keep dri- What happens? Mm-hmm. Right, and that seems to be the kind of irresponsibility that's happening here. Mm-hmm so i think that we are on our own with regard to protecting our wealth and understanding that to your point about real estate though you know there is a challenge in in moving into gold because there's a cost to acquire physical gold if someone wanted to get out of real estate and get into the physical gold market how do you do that knowing that there's pretty
2: high premiums on on gold at this time The premiums are getting high and the trend the trend is looking like they're just going to keep getting higher and higher as we as we progress um so if it is the the investors the clients um goal of utilizing this this asset class to get back into real estate and if they've just sold some real estate and they're parking it into precious metal we look to kilobars of gold because they offer the most bang for the buck you're using uh less Less loonies to get more gold, in essence. So you're getting, you're acquiring more gold, and therefore, what you're also doing, if this is since this is more of an investment, you need to buy as close to that spot price as possible. We know the spot price is fictitious; it is vaporware, as Paul would say. Uh, this market, um, you know, where is being, you know, impacted more or less. Not so much on the fabrication of the of the bar itself. It's being driven by supply and demand factors this this factor to the premium is the market the market factor which is supply and demand and as more people are jumping into this market they're swallowing up the smaller ones we're small one ounce bars even the grams of gold are gone the five grams the 10 grams people want to get into the market first with smaller items and then then look to the larger ones
1: yeah i think uh definitely go with a, a a more economical product maybe also ladder in So you're holding back a little bit, but also giving yourself a chance to get to overcome the cost of the first purchase. And the other thing to keep in mind as well is, if inflation is indeed north of seven percent, well, leaving the money in the bank isn't going to. That's a loss anyway.
2: That's my argument. So yeah. you might as well
1: take that seven percent, apply it to the cost to get involved in the gold market, and at least you have a chance to get ahead. You know, gold is up eight percent in the last six months, or was it more than that? Yeah, it's up ten percent in the last six months. Right. So that would be that would be covered, the at, the, covered at this yeah. point. Um, but you mentioned the smaller products, Jerry, and I wanted to ask you, because we, we have a few moments left on the show here. Is, you know, there's often a debate about, will the, the retail, can the retail market affect the, the, the wholesale market or the, uh, the bullion dealer market and the physical market of the exchanges and the paper markets, you know, the, the big kind of dealer market? Um, can the retail market actually have an impact on
2: the price at the COMEX? It's a very good question, Jeremy. Absolutely. The retail side will put pressure, does always put pressure on the wholesale wholesale market, especially today, as we're seeing more and more people outstrip the supply with the amazing, immense demand. This market will ultimately fall on the back of the wholesale, which eventually falls on the back of the mining. The entire chain gets exacerbated, gets gets rattled, and the spot price gets exposed. It's already exposed. The paper markets have no gold, have no silver to back it up. The paper to gold ratio to check out that usdebtclock.org today, it's about 400 to one for every 400 out 400 paper ounces out there. There's one ounce of silver.
1: And you know, I think that there's a misunderstanding that somehow Joe Blow on the street who buys one ounce of gold for the reasons that we talk about on the show doesn't doesn't translate to institutional investor. And I totally disagree. Uh, you know, people are protecting themselves against inflation. They want to get their money out of the system just to, to protect the the wealth that they've that they earn. I know, in, in institutional investors are going to think the same way. And I know that central banks are thinking the same way because they're saying, "Wait a minute! If the government can seize Russia's gold or Russia's ru- Russia's U.S. dollars in this bank or that bank, they can do it to me. So we're going to start protecting ourselves." I think this kind of leads to a stage where we're hitting we're going to be hitting a point where it's every man for himself this is a game of musical chairs and the music's about to stop and you need to make sure that you've got your physical assets and you've got your ducks in a row so that you are protected and you're ready to you're ready it doesn't matter how this all plays out mm-hmm. you're ready to move into the next in the into the next uh the next system you'll just sell the gold go into the next currency um, or 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 buy and sell use you Beautiful. know buy things using your gold whatever it is but you're ready you've protected your wealth so give that a consideration if you want to own some physical precious metals for yourself you can give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver or go to guildhallwealth.com and learn the different ways you can get involved in the market that does it for another edition of the real money show jerry thank you so much it was great to chat with you um, and great to hear all of your insights Thank you to everyone for joining us this week, and we look forward to speaking with you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.